0: You a time machine of a
1: DeLorean? This is the Show. That's hot.
2: Hey, kids! People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late.
1: And now, the host of the Stupid
2: Cancer Show, Matthew Zachary. Alrighty, Monday, March 1st, 2010, and welcome back to the Stupid Cancer Show. The voice of young adults with cancer. Got cancer under 40? Sucks, huh? Well, get busy living because the stupid cancer show is here to change the world, one chemo infusion at a time. Tonight's show: sex and the c-word. In our survivor spotlight, Heather Swift, a young adult survivor of breast and ovarian cancer, board member and advocate for the Cancer Resource Center of Finger Lakes, Obie Award-winning playwright of My Left Breast, Susan Miller, is in studio. Writer, executive producer of Anyone But Me. And returning champion, Dr. Sue Ann Mark, young adult survivor of breast cancer, clinical sexologist in private practice, and the creator of Steps Sexual Transformation, and empowerment program for survivors. As a reminder, this broadcast is a program of the I Am Too Young for This Cancer Foundation, one of the nation's leading grassroots advocates for nearly five million young adult survivors and co-survivors affected by, you guessed it, stupid cancer. On the web at i2y.com, we're bringing the cause of cancer under 40 to the national spotlight and sticking it to a system that's ignored us for far too long. Why? Because survival rates and quality of life in young adults have not improved in 30 years. Because remission is no excuse for cure. And because survivorship is all that matters. So hello, my friends, and welcome back to yet another fun, and exciting romp through the hay on tonight's. Stupid Cancer Show. And a Stupid Cancer welcome to all of our first time listeners, especially all you guys from the Young Women Affected by Breast Cancer Conference in Atlanta, brought to you by the Young Survival Coalition and Living Beyond Breast Cancer. We're really excited to meet you and have you here listening tonight, broadcasting live on the Blog Talk Radio Network, live from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown New York City. I am Matthew Zachary. A 14-year young adult pediatric brain cancer survivor. Amanda Freeman is not here tonight. She is recouping in the hospital after surgery. We wish her well. She's in the chat room. We love you, Amanda. Feel better. Jack Buffard is not here either. He is not recuperating from surgery. He is recuperating from attending the Young Women with Breast Cancer Conference in Atlanta, and he'll be calling in very shortly. Jack will be also monitoring our live concurrent interactive chat room, so if you have something say take it up with him there's a chance a small chance he might listen and of course please welcome my official partner in crime here on the stupid cancer show hailing right here from New York City fellow 14 year young and old breast cancer survivor acclaimed journalist former deputy editor of T V Guide and former entertainment news correspondent for the Fox News channel the lovely and talented Lisa Bernhard. Oh thank you Matthew my pleasure
1: We are very excited tonight. We're always excited.
2: And Jack, you're here, right? I'm here. How are you doing, pal? Oh, my goodness. And I I, I have
1: two problems with
0: with two of the things you just said.
2: Which which Uh, is what?
0: You you were welcoming all the guys from the YSC conference, but I was one of like ten guys that were there. (laughs) There were not guys there, dude. It's a breast cancer survivor conference.
2: All right. All of the lovely ladies and the occasional testicle-burdened male.
1: Jack has right. been jumping on the bandwagon with the sisters lately. He has been stepping up for the sisters. This is the second show and he's in a row that he's gone to bat for the women. Don't call them guys. What was that crazy right. ski jumping Olympic yeah, event right. that was there? fair?
0: W- women ski jumping should be part of the... Women ski
1: jumping... Oh, no. We- yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Oh, okay. You cut out there for- And then the other thing,
0: Matt, is I will not be in the chat room tonight. Why not? Because I... I'm actually in Colorado right now, and uh, I'm going to do the, the top of the show, and then I have to head out for dinner and drinks. And uh... Oh, so we're, <laughs> obviously, we're not important enough that's, for you. That's not. Nice. But, Matt, you know what? On, on, on a serious note, though, you know how insecure I feel about the sex show and the fact that, you know, like, none of these women <laughs> want to talk to me and whatever, so, like... Listening to the
2: sex show would just make me cry and feel bad about myself anyway. <laughs>
1: Spin it around. Self-improvement. You could learn a few things.
2: Yeah, this is education, Jack.
1: Dude, you were just immersed with 800 women in Atlanta.
2: I and know. Guys,
1: you just as you just and pointed out.
0: And let me let me say something about that. A lot of the pictures are showing up on Facebook coming yes, from the Tag Conference. And Matt said that I was photoshopped into a picture of me surrounded by like 10 20 women and that yes, is not true they were surrounding me <laughs> i still call photoshopped. Yeah. yeah yeah well we'll see there's more than one copy of that of that, of that photo and there's different angles so we'll see pal
1: oh there's some comments coming in in the chat room already about jack but you're not here to see them oh well
2: Oh, well. <laughs> you realize we could just make this up and say, someone's calling Jack gay. Wait, no, that, someone already did that. That's okay.
0: Yeah,
2: well, I am Not gay. Not that there's anything happy. wrong
0: with that. There's oh, nothing boy. wrong
2: with that at all. <laughs>
0: ever, never, ever. <laughs> <Hello>? <laughs> I'm,
1: probably, I'm probably
0: the gayest person ever because I'm excessively happy all the time.
1: <laughs> he should be so lucky. He
0: should be so lucky <laughs> to be gay, exactly.
1: Double and your options.
2: Sometimes I dye my gay apparel and go sing Christmas songs. Fantastic. fan. Frickin'
1: fast.
2: Okay. Go so ahead, oh, you have can one... go out for
1: drinks now. Yeah, you can leave <laughs> you now. Can, you can go have dinner now.
2: You've just expected. Yeah. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> but I do have one major complaint about the conference, and that okay. is to Mother Nature for canceling Lisa's flight.
1: I know. And to the New York Thank area. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I was so bummed. You made it out at 6 a.m. Thank you. You made it out at 6 a.m. Thursday. I couldn't leave Thursday, and my flight was canceled Friday to get down there. Saturday we were clear with the weather here in New York. Yeah. But Friday night I had a call and an email from my airline that uh, two airports I tried, LaGuardia, White Plains, couldn't get to Atlanta. Big bummer. Big bummer. What a yeah. great, fantastic event, but. It was um, such a Jack. good event. Yeah, it's such a great – our friends over at the Young Survival Coalition and Living Beyond Breast Cancer and Komen pitches in. They they do a fantastic event for uh
2: yeah, for this young is women sort with of, breast cancer. this has lifted my spirits about Komen. They're supporting yep. uh, young women affected by breast cancer, and I think that's a, a phenomenal uh, step in the right direction for them. So kudos to Susan Komen. Probably the first time I've ever said that. Kudos to Susan Cheecomen yeah. for the out, cure. But they, they
1: kind of stay out of the, 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 out of the way. They let YSC and LBBC do their thing, and they give the funds, and it's great.
2: Right.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. So, yep. And there was a—you uh, uh, know—there's a, uh, a lot of positive energy there, and it was a great time. And our stupid cancer table had a lot of traffic. We had a lot of people that were excited to see us again and other people that were hearing about us for the first time. And, uh, you know, I made a lot of great connections, got to meet some, some total rock star breast cancer survivors. And while I'm staying on this topic of complaining about the conference, <laughs> I want to let everybody know, and this is the sex show, so I can talk about this and be comfortable about it. <laughs> but there's a company called Pure Romance that yeah. sponsors a huge, a, a huge table at the event and basically helps women get, uh, you know, uh, reconnect with their sexual side and stuff. And Friday night they were hosting a pajama party. So everybody was asking me, like, "Hey, you coming to the pajama party? Coming to the pajama party?" And I'm like, uh, "Me and 600 cancer survivors in pajamas? Uh, yeah, I'm definitely there." So, <laughs> so, 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 later that night, I throw on some wind pants and like a, you know, like a, a flannel shirt or a thermal shirt or whatever. And there's like five of us heading down to the party, and I get stopped at the door and was told that I couldn't attend because it was only for women. Wow. What? That's and I was right. like, I was like, what? And we were told. That it was against Georgia law for for a male to attend
2: this pajama party. What? Why didn't you just tell them to were a pre op? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. So,
2: so I was like, what? I was like, I win. So I win. Comments so, like so of the wrong. night. I win.
0: Yeah. Well, spending the trip. Community. After I said, a, after I complained said, and, and asked, like, well, what if I want to get something for my grandmother? They were like, well, you just have to give your wish list to somebody else. So I wasn't able to attend the party. But my question is, who enforces this law? And if I had been issued a summons to appear in court for this charge and had to report to a jury of my peers, would a jury of my peers
2: let me go? I think that would be the greatest human interest story of all time. Man denied well, I, access to rooms room yeah, full of 800 I, I, I breast cancer survivors. I don't know that
1: that was state law. I remember that last year that they didn't want any men there simply because they wanted the women to be able to talk freely. And, you know, there's a lot of objects and we can say things like this, uh, vibrators and yes. lubricants and lots of things. lubricants face, uh, again.
2: Lubricants. There you go. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: Uh, that <laughs> they bring out to... Uh, <laughs> To, and and they just wanted that kind of freedom because there's a great organization called Men Against Breast Cancer that goes yes, down there. They are. And they, yeah, they have were there. Partners and spouses and such, um uh get together and talk about, you know, how they can care for the women in their lives who have this, and you're right, they don't go to the pajama party. But I have to tell you, Jack, it really isn't that much of a pajama party. I mean, I don't. Last year, they. I mean, it's great, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very informative kind of session, and people do go in their PJs. But it's but it is an informative session. It's not you know right. putting yeah, uh,
0: and I, and and the people that I was with and myself didn't realize that. Like I was thinking it was like like more of like a dance or a social thing where they give out you know some of their. Uh, some of their products and stuff but when i did look into the room it was set up kind of like 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 a breakout session or like a sales pitch or whatever right so yeah. so it was okay i just went <laughs> back to my
2: room and watched curling <laughs> Right. wait wait didn't you get lung cancer first no that was the next night oh okay okay
0: which was my other complaint. So I guess I have a lot of complaints about attending this fabulous conference. But this is not about the conference. This is about the state of Georgia.
2: We should talk. Um, about this. Yeah, yeah. This is because your important. Facebook comment. I was laughing my ass off. Your Facebook comment basically said, "What? Like, here's what the bouncer said to me. I'm sorry, sir. If you leave, you won't be able to come back into the bar without paying." And your response was, "I'm never coming back into a bar in Georgia again."
0: Right. Right. And here's what happened. I. Uh, Saturday night, they had the big dance, which was a, with a, which was a great time where these alleged Photoshop pictures were taken. And after the dance, <laughs> after the dance, I met up with my friend Haley Chanteau, who lives down there. And she was like, you know, come out to a bar with some of, some of my friends. So we get in the cab, we go out to the bar, and I walk in, and I could just, I was like, oh, my God. Like, you guys can smoke in bars? And she's like, yeah. And I said, I said Haley, I can't stay. I, and and honestly, like I felt really bad because like a lot of her friends were there, like we're all gonna hang out and have a good time, but I just I just couldn't stay, and I was like I I, I just can't do it, and I'm like I'm, I I I saw like every single cigarette that was being smoked in that place, and I was just like I gotta go, so I I, I apologized profusely, and as I was leaving, the bouncer, like you said, Matt, was like, well, if I don't stay for him, you can't come back in. And I was just like I'm never coming back again.
1: Yeah, there's nothing like having a conference for a bunch of cancer survivors. They want to go out and party, and they have to walk into a bar, a smoke-filled bar.
2: Yeah, it doesn't, It right. doesn't
1: quite work.
2: I wonder yeah. if I'm going to get in trouble for that. I put out a tweet that basically said um, something along the just lines. of It was like I George, like, exactly like what you said. <laughs> yeah, it was like uh, um, <laughs>
1: what Jack said.
2: Like, like uh, you're still allowed to smoke in Georgia. Note to self: never host stupid cancer conference in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. Well, we still. Yeah. Like. Georgia and Atlanta for other reasons. But well, we like Georgia we because don't...
2: Amanda Freeman's from there, and I got to give her some props. Yeah, it's the only good thing to come out of Georgia. That yeah,
1: Mandy and Other than Herschel
2: Walker. <laughs>
1: other
0: than Herschel Walker, but Matt, you have no idea who that is because he's a football no. player.
2: I have two quick things yeah. to talk about um, before we get to the news. The first thing is, is this story came up, and I just want to talk about it real quick. It's a serious story, but I think it's part of a larger conversation we could perhaps have either online, if you're Facebook, whatever. That this pregnant mother. Uh, in Nicaragua who has cancer uh, has been denied breast cancer treatment because it's possible that they either have to abort the fetus or the chemo will kill the fetus. And abortion is illegal in Nicaragua uh, for religious and political reasons. So she's being denied cancer treatment because she's pregnant. What do you think about that?
1: But they have a smoking ban in bars.
2: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, the Cubans' only section. Yeah. In Nicaragua, yeah,
1: ng, <laughs> not good, <laughs> not good. I just got a big
2: WTF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- I just a thought lot of that acronyms
1: was... so didn't come up. We already that. got yeah. a whole
2: bunch of comments on my on my uh, my feed. My my Facebook page out there, guys, is just Facebook slash Matthew Zachary. But I just posted this, and there's a whole bunch of comments on there. Definitely a conversation worth having about how ridiculous. Um, a situation this can really be, but uh, the, the huge news, of course, which we're going to take some time to talk about, is um, I'm going to let's see what I got here. Um, what what can I play here? Here, because everyone loves him so much, really we really have to talk about my newfound love <laughs> for a young actor <laughs> stolen from innocence, brought to the national spotlight through the. Disneyification of our cultural experiences. I am speaking to none other of the lovely, gorgeous Mr. Zach Ephron. This is the gayest show ever. This is Wait, Matt, I thought that all that all
0: that built up was for me.
2: Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Zach Efron, people. And I don't have the theme uh, I don't have the theme high school musical queued up, but uh Zach Efron is officially endorsing stupid cancer. And we went with a picture that I was given by his cousin Emily,
1: who's amazing, by the way, who we had on the show.
2: Yes, we ironically had her on the show.
1: Fantastic. She was the one who was. She's studying to be a film editor.
0: Yes,
2: she is. Also,
1: comes from an entertainment background, family in the film business. And she was, uh, I was very impressed that she was having a one-woman fundraiser for herself. She is because she had a lot of medical bills and expenses.
2: Uh, Just a few medical bills. Yeah,
1: and she, uh, she was a kick-ass guest for us just a few weeks back.
2: Anyway, yeah, but but honestly, she gave me this picture and said, "Zach said you can do what you want with it, within reason. You know, just like don't defame him or like put like Hitler mustache on him or something." and I all I did was put it out there cuz he's he's basically giving the bird while wearing our wristband and if you haven't seen it you could just go to our homepage there's a banner of it right there uh, or go to stupidcancer.com/zac z a c that's stupidcancer.com/zac and um, Emily's mother was like, oh, put this on the internet, it'll be all over the world in a day. I'm like, that doesn't happen. <laughs> so literally, I put it on the internet, and a day later, we had like 30,000 web hits, and it got to Perez Hilton, and it got to Just Jared, and it got to Celebuzz, and it got to E!, and it got to USA Today. And I was just overwhelmingly blown away by the response that it got in the fandom universe of Zach Efron. Um, And for better or for worse, my my observation of this, and Anna Brower, who's our intern, she's 21, has an appreciation for, like, the the teen-tween early college market on how we think and breathe in this country. Half of them are just freaking morons, and the other half are brilliant, sadistic philanthropists. Uh, Sorry, philosophers. Brilliant, sadistic philosophers. The comments that were left were anything but, like, Zach's a douchebag for doing this to I don't quite understand the need for the anthropomorphization of cancer in our society. Like this is like the level of intelligence and sub-intelligence that's going on right now. But I did find out the single most important thing that I did learn from this entire campaign. What's that, Matt? This particular photograph of Zach Efron was, I don't have a drumroll set up, but this particular photo of Zac Efron was the first public image of him with facial hair
1: that is unreal
2: that drove the 13 year olds to frenetic <laughs> insanity
3: <laughs>
2: Matt the only thing that could top that is a picture of you without facial hair I would get divorced that would yeah she would leave me if I came home bald without a beard and mustache yeah that would be bad
1: but what a tween audience stop
2: acquiring brain tumors and you won't you won't have to worry <laughs> about that I gotta stop acquiring brain tumors <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah no that's no. nice. That's, um, that's yeah. you know what, we haven't, and she's in the studio here, but Susan Miller, who knows a thing or two about uh, a tween audience and older, who has a fabulous web series, and anyone but me, we're going to um, get all involved in her, uh, her story and all kinds of things that she's written and her personal story, but... Um,
2: so let, let's She's, do a brief news then. Let's do a brief news. We'll get and, Swiftie well, on the we just, call. We,
1: we, we heard a voice there, so I thought I might want
2: to. Yeah, there's, there's <laughs> a ghost just, in the just studio.
1: I <laughs> just want just to say who's. uh If, you, if you're if you wondering if you heard a third voice, who that was, but we'll get back yeah, Susan, Susan but, we to you. Yeah, Susan
2: Miller isn't. But we should just
1: kind of say one more thing about Zach real yes, fast. Yes, yes, go ahead. Um, Yes, facial hair, um, obsessive fans. But I love the fact, you know, for. I've covered celebrity as you know for many, many years and a lot of these celebrities put something on their resume because they think they have to support a cause and they don't know jack shit about it because we can say jack shit on on the web. Yes, we can. FCC um, can go fight. And, it, and they yeah, and they don't and, and the fact that, you know, he did this in an unmanaged yes. quiet way. There were no publicists, there were no managers. This is his cousin. He took a photo. He's you know, he's wearing the wristband, he's supporting her personally and it was just a nice Kind of a nice way to organically have it it come, un- a, come, come about. was yep. an un
2: Hollywood gesture. come
1: about, yeah.
2: Very un Hollywood gesture. So, more to come on Zach Gaffron, and yep. I will leave you with this more segment with much more to come with Zach Gaffron next Monday. Everyone listening to the show has to be. Uh, I hope we have some Efron listeners who are coming in by proxy uh, because of the public relations that we've been doing this week. But if you think you've seen what we've got going, you ain't seen nothing yet. We've got a huge. Surprise for everybody! Next Monday, right. major international launch for the stage two of our Zac Efron relationship <laughs> campaign. <laughs> Zach well, I guess I'll
0: be in town for that.
2: Zac 2.0 yep. with stupid cancer coming up next Monday. Sorry, all right. Let's get to the news real quick here, and uh, then we'll move forward. Well, hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Alrighty, righty, during this part of the Stupid Cancer Show, we listen to Jack Buffard stammer through a series of special announcements to let our listeners know about a whole bunch of stuff you might otherwise not know about. Uh, we don't want you missing out on free things, like conferences, happy hours, retreats, scholarships, support groups, and music concerts just for young adults, and more. So if you have something coming up that you'd like to hear our audience know about, please fax it to us at 877-794-6902 or send an email to jack before to jack at i2y.com. That's jack at i2y.com. Take it away.
0: Thanks, Matty. All right, folks, head on over to events.i2y.com. Events.i2y.com is your one stop shop for all Super Cancer events happening nationwide. Stay in the loop, because something could be happening in your neck of the woods, and we wouldn't want you missing out, especially if I'm not going to be there. Surviving Idol is an upcoming talent show for young adults affected by cancer. Show up your talent by entering your submission today. Visit survivingidol.com. The buzz, and I mean major buzz, is building around the 3rd Annual International OMG Cancer Summit for Young Adults. It is being held Sunday, May 23rd in New York City. Stay tuned to omg2010.com for more information. Okay, folks. Being that I lack both the time and the intelligence to share with you all of the great stuff we have going on for young adults, I've created the Boost News Blog. Everyone needs to check out boostnewsi 2 ycom That's B-O-O-F.i2y.com for the official list of all super Cancer News resources. These include surveys, exercise programs, writing workshops, peer services, and fertility resources. And finally, folks, everyone needs to head on over to 70k.org. That's the word 70, the letter K, dot org. There are approximately 70,000 people aged 15 to 39 diagnosed with cancer every year. For over two decades, there has been little or no improvement in survival for this age group by signing this bill you are supporting the Adolescent and Young Adult Cancer Bill of Rights to be established as a standard for care to meet this underserved population and finally I just want to say hello to everyone that I met at YSC this weekend, thank you for a fabulous time in Atlanta love to love to each and every one of you and thank you for inspiring me and that my friends is your stupid cancer news
2: that's a warm and fuzzy check
0: it is go a warm up, and fuzzy yeah.
2: little bit. So, are you leaving us now?
0: I'm going to go. So, you guys have a good show, and Matt, take some notes for me, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, the show will do me some good someday. Maybe.
2: <laughs> Just maybe. So? All right. Jack, good everybody. All right. Good night. All righty. What time is it?
0: 924.
2: My first guest tonight, I met in the spring of 2008. She is a breast and ovarian cancer survivor and has been an active advocate and volunteer for cancer-based organizations for the past 12 years, currently serving on the board of the Cancer Resource Center of Finger Lakes in Ithaca, New York. She's working on developing a dragon boat team for cancer survivors in conjunction with CRCFL and the Ithaca Dragon Boat Club. She can be found speaking at and volunteering for her two... Wait. This is grammatically incorrect. Please welcome to the show, Heather Swift. Ladies and gentlemen, Heather Swift.
1: Hi, Heather.
2: Hi. Oh, you stumped me here. My poor brain. I'm stop to stop sorry, Matt.
4: I'm sorry. You know, I saw the pictures on Facebook. They are totally not Photoshopped.
2: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I just and like to... You I was so
4: driven to cl- I had to click on it. I saw Jack's little face surrounded by this ocean of women, and I was like, shut up, I need to get me some of that.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
4: uh,
1: you, some of that, Jack? <laughs> some, so just some of that photo. Boy, he's,
2: <laughs> he is a commodity. <laughs> he's, he's, he's,
1: really, he's really bummed he's not here. Yeah, he's going to kick himself <laughs> for listening to the archive
2: and realizing he's not here. <laughs>
4: Oh, so Heather, <laughs> I,
2: I, We met over two, almost two years ago, if you can believe that.
4: That's correct. Yeah,
2: it's I been a up while. I was at the Cancer Resource Center of the Finger Lakes. I was speaking, um, and I met you when you were introduced to Tina Jesuit and Leah Shearer. Yep. And uh, we went out drinking, and apparently we're the only people that showed up.
4: We <laughs> we had that place to ourselves. We shut that place down.
2: Yeah, the four of us shut the place down. Yeah, wow. we yeah, did. Yeah, it was good. It was a good day. So uh, we we love to have you on the show. It was funny because I put out a um I put out a tweet that basically said, We're doing a show on sex and looking for a survivor in our Survivor Spotlight. And almost like before I clicked submit, Heather <laughs> left a comment. It was like preemptive.
1: <laughs>
2: so she won. She won the draft card. And I didn't we, know
1: that I, until now. Yeah. I dove in on the holla. Holla, holla, she did.
2: holla, holla, holla. She totally did. So um
1: so I'm new. To, I'm new to meeting Heather yeah, tonight. Yeah.
2: So you can go ahead. It's all you. No, want.
1: I just I, I I want to get a, a, a quick for for the listeners. Uh, the first time, the ones being introduced to Heather, like myself. Quick background: uh, breast and ovarian cancer. You were married. Had to, you were pregnant with your first diagnosis? Is that right? Um, I was divorced.
4: Uh, well, no, actually, I was uh, about six months. I had a six-month-old and a two-year-old. And my husband and I had just moved to Ithaca uh, like seven months prior, and um, we had just separated. I moved in with uh, a family of of folks who are now dear, dear friends to me and who basically took me in uh, from meeting me at a playgroup. And and when my marriage came to to its end, um, they said, come live with us. And I was there about a week with my two kids, with our two kids, and uh, that's when my diagnosis for ovarian cancer came in.
1: Wow. With a six-month-old and a two-year-old.
4: Surprise! Having just had
1: your marriage end.
4: That is correct.
1: Wow. And so you, um, you had treatment for the ovarian cancer, and then, then the breast cancer diagnosis came when?
4: Uh, 2006.
1: Okay. so and, that was, and so the time span between the ovarian and the breast diagnosis was, uh, was how many years?
4: Uh, about 11 years.
1: Wow, okay, and did doctors think there was a connection between the two as they're often, um
4: they really didn't uh suggest that, but um I think that uh, the way our reproductive system is connected with it you know that i that i really i would assume that there that there is
1: right but and how are you and so where are you now with um treatments you've been treated for both, and what's your what's um you're, you're through with all treatments, is that right? Where do things stand
2: with you now?
4: Um, I'm uh, I'm in remission. I've um, been healthy and happy. I broke my neck uh, last August. We oh. noticed that.
2: We noticed that you <laughs> we, were. Yeah, we <laughs> saw the
4: video where you had a brace on. Oh, yeah. gosh. So yeah, so uh, reconnecting with my body and my sexuality is uh, <laughs> is something that I'm, I'm actually finding uh, that I'm doing again. Now with this, I spent eight weeks on my back and in bed, and um, moving my body has been.
1: But that's um, not that's not where you reconnected with your sexuality. But I'm chopped
2: Thank well, you. Were you at least no. alone in bed? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, oxycontin makes everything. Uh,
2: more fantastic! <laughs> so this show is obviously we want to be as open and candid as possible uh, about changes in sexual behavior, attitude, intimacy. Um, and again, you were you you voted yourself onto the show before I even put the initiative out there.
1: <laughs> so spill it, sister. So,
2: yeah, spill spill your guts.
1: <laughs> no, are you so? Where are you? Are you in a rela- currently in a relationship now? Or? I am. I am currently okay. in
4: a relationship. So. And.
1: Ha- Damn it. Yeah. I'm disappointed. <laughs> I know.
4: Yeah, you know, I, Matt. I'm going to humiliate you now because I was uh, I I clocked on at about ten of, and so. I was on. I heard all that stuff.
2: Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic.
4: <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know what you said, and it was pretty hot. It was, it was good hot. stuff. <laughs> good <laughs> stuff. Just it good. Was. It was all good <laughs> was stuff. Very surprising and yet yet hot. But I, I I'm I'm feeling the drive to order some stilettos online.
1: Yeah, it's good
2: stuff. You are you are one fine lady, my friend. <laughs> Maybe the rest of us should just leave right
1: now and leave the yeah, two of let, you let, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, and you heard what I said. I was like, just, my wife would be like, thank God. Good, good for my husband. Good yeah. for Matt. He needs it. And she's All in right. the chat room now, so she's supporting.
1: So, let's, so how long have you been in a relationship, Heather? Um, well, I ended a relationship last, gosh, last
4: fall and uh, slipped into a, another situation um, just before the holidays.
1: And so, So. what was the biggest? uh, Seriously, was there? What was the biggest challenge for you? And or were there? Were you? Did you feel comfortable with your sexuality? With your illness, did you speak to anybody about it? Did you go to any therapist? What What was your experience, or not? I didn't um,
4: do uh, counseling sessions. I I think that actually my pregnancies had been something that had allowed me the opportunity to really connect and develop a deep and profound appreciation for the amazing interconnectedness of my body. Mm -hmm. And um, that was something that I've had to sort of come back to and reassess um, at different times. I think that um, my situation has really just affirmed in me a really strong desire to partner with someone who who loves and accepts me, uh, who enjoys you know, my physical uh, body as well as my humor and intellect and um, all the other parts of me. But the, my physical body is really, um, tells the story of where I've been. It's the landscape of my life. And it's like a little quilt with little, you know, little squares. I've got some stretch marks and, you know, I've got scars. And, and every, every inch of me tells, tells a story
1: was there any uh, was there difficulty um either with chemotherapy in terms of you know because it throws it can throw a lot of women into early menopause and that can sort of hinder the sexual experience um any anything like that that you had to work through
4: I really did I I was um uh because I was separating from my my husband I wasn't you know actively engaged in a in an intimate relationship at the at the time and I was really just too physically exhausted with two young children to um want to be engaged with myself to feel sexual or um you know sensual or you know take long languid baths or pleasure myself or um anything of that nature at the time but um the early menopause has been has been a really a good trip uh waking up in a pool of sweat and uh I have a uh, a really pretty little container that I filled with delightful lubricant that uh, seems to meet.
2: Say lubricant again.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. What?
2: Say lubricant again.
4: We all have to say lubricant twice. Oh, that's right. Lubricant. Yeah. Lubricant. Yeah. Water-based lubricant.
2: Excellent.
4: Very important.
2: You know, you you don't have an upstate New York accent. I think that why why don't you speak like the people who live up there? She's not from Um. there.
4: I'm originally right. from Ohio.
2: No, but from you North can adopt you adapt it. Like I'm I I spoke total Brooklyn until I went to school in Binghamton and then I literally like the influence of Wegmans I lost my accent. <laughs> no,
4: so I you absolutely haven't gained refused. an accent.
2: Okay. I no, so went to college my at,
4: my children come no. home with, with some things and, and say things like salad bar <laughs> I'm like no no
1: no no no. no, no. no, 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 no. I went to college in upstate New York day. too and I didn't get that accent. Yeah. Right near you right oh. near Ithaca colgate not far from you fantastic i didn't get that accent either um but what and so for your breast, i'm also a breast cancer survivor and had a um mastectomy and i i opted to to have reconstruction but um and i was 29 what what did your um your breast cancer surgery entail i had a lump
4: a lumpectomy yeah. and i had the op- offer for chemo for the for the breast cancer and decided I had clear margins and went with um, strict radiation and did six rounds of, of radiation. Um, And, um, you know, my scars are, are relatively minimal, but I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm, I'm now 40 and I'm, I'm living in a place where this is really who I am and, Um, and my body has served me very well, even, you know, even though we had some, had some bouts along the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what do you find in terms of, is there a moment where you think, okay, here's the discussion I'm going to have with a partner, or no, does it sound, I mean, you sound very comfortable, and with yourself and your body as you're discussing, Uh, is it just something that does it even is there a moment where you say okay here's where I have this talk or does it or no?
4: There is a moment for me. I think that uh when I get to that place in a in a relationship where uh there's that feeling of intimacy and there's, you know, the necking and petting and spooning and and there are some um boundaries that I have decided that are important for me and um for me to be in the place where I can maintain my my healthy body image and be able to share myself with someone that I love and want to be physically intimate with, I want to be well received, and um, I think that we all want that yeah. um, so i've been i've I've gotten to a place where i I have developed uh, sort of a um, discussion that I say very clearly these are uh, areas where I, you know, uh, areas of importance to me. If you ever, you know, look at me and you say X, Y, Z, um, you know, don't ever think you're going to see it again. I mean, I, I was in a relationship with someone who, who then really suggested implants, and he never saw me naked after that. Is that right? Um, absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we talk about it enough. just, Uh, just the flip side, we were talking about this conference, um, the the Young Survival uh, Coalition Conference that was in Atlanta for breast cancer, young women with breast cancer. And, you know, we talk about, as we are talking now, we often put it on the patient, you know, what does it feel like to tell a partner. But it's funny, there was a young woman there who said she went on a blind date when I was there last year, who I thought had a fantastic story, where she said she went on a blind date with a guy and she realized 10 minutes into the date that she really wasn't into the guy at all, but she told him that she had breast cancer, and he said, wow, that makes you me like you so much more because you're doing so great, you're so upbeat, and you're optimistic, and she thought, shoot, you know, we're so, <laughs> I can't shake this guy now because I told him, you know, that I've had the breast cancer, and he's, he's so responding to that um, that that side of me. And obviously you sound very, uh, very strong and you're doing a lot of things, and I have to ask you actually, because I can't let you go off the show without explaining to us what the Ithaca Dragon Boat Club is that you are getting involved in that you want a team of cancer survivors to take place in this in Ithaca. Dragon Boat, like those big, giant canoes, yeah, is that right? Big,
4: yeah, 30-foot canoes uh, with 20 uh, 20 paddlers and 10 seats, a dragon head and a dragon tail. Everyone paddles in unison together together. Um, A Canadian physician has decided, you know, within the past 10 or 15 years that it's one of the best exercises for breast cancer survivors especially.
1: Is that right? Um, Absolutely. Because of the – physically, actually, because of the motion?
4: It's physically – it builds up your your upper body, but it uses your whole body and the camaraderie um, the the method that you use to push a, a dragon boat across the water is paddling in absolute unison. You're very close physically to everyone else on the boat. Um, the camaraderie that is developed between paddlers is uh, just unbelievable. And um,
1: So you can have sex on the boat, just to tie everything up, <laughs> <laughs> just, to wrap, just to bring it all back to don't, our topic just don't here. Don't
4: capsize the boat over. <laughs> just don't
1: capsize you the can, boat.
2: You can can rock the boat, boat, but don't tip the
1: boat over. Too too bad we don't have that song queued up. Um, Rock the boat, don't
2: don't tip the boat over. I don't think I have that song. I'm going to pull up my iTunes. I'm going to run out of time before I pull it up, but we could definitely check it out. Um, Whenever I play things on iTunes. you are surprisingly quiet. I've just been admiring your voice. Uh, Oh, here we go. Here.
1: There you go. do rock the boat, baby. Rock the boat. Don't tip the boat over. Rock the boat. Rock the boat. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right.
2: Okay, that's enough of that. If yep. the
4: boat's rocking, don't come knocking. Yep,
2: exactly. <laughs> well, Heather, uh, we really I, are you coming to New York for the OMG Summit?
4: I absolutely am. All right,
2: then I will get my dosage of you and uh, be very happy about that.
4: Fantastic. My next endeavor is uh gonna be paddling across the Atlantic Ocean.
2: You mentioned that to me. You yeah. you totally mentioned that to me. And yeah. um unlike Amelia Earhart, we wish you better luck.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>
2: nice. I I, I got like a,
4: that's the best you had. That's the best Unlike
1: <laughs> Amelia Earhart.
2: That's all I got. That's, that's, a, all little I got. Yeah. that's a little lame. Right. That's Or the Titanic for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for being on the show. We thanks love you. Thanks You're so fabulous. Much, Heather. And, um,
1: love you guys. Great to have you, you on.
2: Okay, Heather Swift, everybody. Or as her friends call her, Swifty. And uh, now it is time for our next guest. Yes. Speaking of love, Susan Miller is an Obie Award-winning playwright and Guggenheim Fellow, author of the critically acclaimed My Left Breast... And a map of doubt and rescue. Among others, a consulting producer, writer on the L word on HBO, very cool. And 30 something, really. You know that guy with the beard, right? Uh, she's currently writing and executive producing the hit web series Anyone But Me, about a new generation struggling with identity and modern relationships. Please welcome, right here, live, in person, in the flesh and blood, Susan Miller. Ow! <laughs> woo, woo! What was the name of the
3: guy with the beard on 30-something? Peter Horton. That's the guy. Oh, I thought you meant Ed Zwick, one of the creators. Oh. He also had a beard. So oh, okay. He had
2: a beard, right. No,
3: but the good-looking
2: guy that like, I'm older than now, when he was yeah. on the show. Okay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you're so gay. You're yeah, I'm no, beyond gay. <laughs> Peter Horton.
2: I'm so gay, I've been come straight again.
1: <laughs> I, went, I again. went all
2: around the world, and you could take that any way you want. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're very excited to have Susan here. Thank Susan you. and I are friends. I'm thrilled that she came on the show. I want to get right to your play. Go for it. My left breast, um, which I've read. I wish I could see you perform this play. Will we get to see you perform this? I mean, I know you have your hands full because you have anyone but me web series.
3: Um, you know, I don't ever say never again. Yeah. But uh, I did the play about a year and a half ago as a benefit for a friend, Andrea Lepsio's uh, play, uh, Looking for the Pony, and. It was. It, it really was amazing. I did three performances, and you know, every time I, I actually am backstage, ready to go on, and ready to throw up. think, You know, why, why am Speaking I doing this? <laughs> um, it, But actually, the the experience of doing it is so much about the audience and what they bring, because it's a solo show, and they're like my other right, the other character in the show. Um, so I, I won't say that. I just don't have anything planned. You don't have anything planned, right. but, never, but they if never. enough fans call in, who knows? I might do an impromptu. Uh, that w- that would be great. Well, I want I want to read some
1: because uh, it's beautifully written, and I wanted there's some really powerful parts. You're very open and honest about sexuality, your partners, what you went through when you you know the play is a lot about loss and a relationship that you lost and losing your breast, and I want to read this. Um, this one excerpt where you talk about, so you you came home from having breast cancer, your left breast, of course, and you say, um,
2: do you want you want some underscoring for this? <laughs>
1: uh, nice, nice. Okay, cut it. The day <laughs> you say the day I came home, cut the music. <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, was a shinless, that, that was from no, right. Schindler's yeah. List, by the way. Oh, great. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a play without sentimentality. Okay. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right. And you got two and a half Jews in the room. We don't want to hear Schindler's oh, oh, right. <laughs> List. Okay. You say, The day I came home from the hospital, still bandaged, half crazy from residual drugs and fear, Jane, your partner at the time, Jane and I made love. I didn't care if my stitches came free, let them rip. I shouldn't have been able to move in the ways I moved to her, but I was powerful the possibility of death nearly broke our bed. That's amazing. Talk to us about that.
3: Well, I mean, I think there was a a very heightened sense of uh, of what uh, what the moment was, and I didn't want to give in to uh, what could be or, or or any kind of dire prediction. I just I was so glad to be home. I wasn't actually home, but to, you know in the place i was staying in new york at the time and um and i knew i was going to be having chemotherapy but and that i had no idea what it would be but i guessed it would not be pleasant yeah and it it, it just um it is as i as i spoke there um just the sense and you know I also talk in the play later, though, about how all of the things you think you're going to do and change and be and all of right, that, right, uh, once you get through certain parts of it, fall. By you, the go way, back, you go <laughs> back. You go back to life. But yes, but yes. that night, it's true. That night, that time, uh, it was very intense.
1: And you also, as we were talking to our first guest,
3: Heather, address in the play,
1: you say, you know, how do I tell someone mm-hmm. new? Do I tell her over the salad, wait till dessert? Do I tell her when we're getting undressed, does it matter, does it matter to you?
3: So how did you, obviously this was a big theme for you. Yeah. And how did you work through that? Well, the, when I got breast cancer, I was with my partner Jane, and so really fortunate for me, though not for her, not because I had breast cancer, not because I had a mastectomy, but I went to a chemo, and she really was a caretaker and you know i lost a lot of my you know that that sexual urge at that time and uh when that relationship ended some years later um i had another relationship um and that's the one when that ended my son was turning 21 and i and that relationship was over and i was turning a certain age and suddenly that that Worry came over me. How do I tell someone new? And it is a through line through that play. Yeah. Well, I am really lucky because I'm a writer. So I wrote it. I wrote it. And uh, I don't know, fate. Um, because the person I am now with and have been with for 15 years was in the audience when I was doing the first reading of a section of the play.
2: Holy shared.
3: Uh huh, I'll say.
2: For our our goyish audience, that (laughs) means meant to be. Meant
3: to be. But I mean, the whole thing was, my God, I I don't have to tell her. I just told her. Right. I mean, I didn't know at the time she was going to be the one. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's, you know, it is a big deal. Sure. Um, The other thing for me when, well, Jane, I'm sorry, but when I was with Jane, (laughs) there was a point. Jane's listening. After after all, I, I was young. I thought it was, you know, it was, that time, and I also was having I, I, I had a lover who was a man, mm-hmm. uh, occasionally we would mm-hmm. see each other, and he also uh, it was great with him I mean it was you know, he. I didn't think about it for some reason um, but the fact that I was able to have sex and be um, desired um, was really great it's just it's just at the juncture when I wrote this play where everything was new for me. Yeah. You know, what was I going to say? How was, even, even when you tell someone, and you've sure. written a play and you sure. tell someone. How long did it take
2: you to write the play?
3: Well, I didn't really start, start writing it until uh, about, it took me about two years to write it, but it was many, many years after I had breast cancer because you had to kind of move away from that space. Yeah, to totally. To see it all. Right. And, and as a writer, I had to find a, a theatrical metaphor For the play, that would be about more than that. Yeah, Yeah. sure. You know, what's interesting is you you talk about now having a male partner
1: and it wasn't that big of a deal, and a lot of women think it's so difficult to tell a man and how they might respond, and yet you talk in the play that you thought about it being difficult to tell a woman partner Mm -hmm. because they might see themselves in you Mm -hmm. and that it might make them perhaps more afraid because they could look at you and directly think, is this going to happen mm-hmm. to me? I thought that was fascinating.
2: My brain just exploded. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: it's brain no, exploding stuff. Mine. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that that uh, ever came to pass or that anyone was actually thinking that, but it certainly when it did go but through my mind. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you also, um, to show how open you've been about talking about all this, you end the play. Tell people how you end the play.
3: Well, after I talk about Little League and my son saving yes. my life, um, basically. Because uh, basically
1: you participate in life and you that's, sa- right. that's, that's
3: the cure. Yeah, that was yes. the cure for cancer, um, watching our sons and daughters play and be well, Yeah, uh, as my, I think the play says. Uh, and, and at the very end I, I say, um, I, well, you have the lines here. Let me see if I can remember. But I, I say um, I just want to tell all the women in the changing booths I referred to that earlier as a young person having, it was just embarrassing to be fitted for a bra afterwards and, you know, a, a prosthesis. Anyway, I say I just want to tell all the women in the changing booth that we are still beautiful, we are still sexy, we are still powerful, we are still here. And then I unbutton my blouse as the lights start to go down and reveal my scar, and then the lights go down. Was that something that you always knew that you wanted to do as part of that play? Um, I did, but I always gave myself an out. If I felt for whatever reason I didn't feel safe, you know, or just that the play does not rise or fall on that moment, because many, many, many people, and none of them with breast cancer, have done the play since. None and of them. Huh? No. Yeah. So far as I know. Right. And we we so have a
2: question in the chat room for you.
3: Sure.
2: Um. This comes from Mein Schmutz.
3: <laughs> <laughs> is that your
2: friend or Jack's? Or? I don't know who that is. We
3: we know who Mutual. that is. Okay. We know who that uh, is. Susan,
2: do you think it was more difficult explaining to a woman because sex is more a mental experience than physical?
3: Well, I don't know that. I I, I think. mm In some level, yeah. Uh, and uh. I I know this is really going to sound strange, but I think that certainly a woman's experience of another woman, um, breasts are involved. They certainly are involved with men, but in a different way, just in a different way. I will agree yeah. with that. Do you know? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will yeah. I will most I, uh,
2: assuredly agree with that.
1: I, I, I don't even know what Cause that even, means. Because even moobs don't quite... Moobs. Do. <laughs> <laughs> you don't quite take the place of two of four women's breath. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's yeah. right.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, so I assume that move means man boob? Yes. Okay. Thank you.
3: <laughs> You're welcome.
2: I've learned something today.
3: Sorry, Susan. Go ahead. No, no. I, yeah. I, uh, it would open up a whole other uh, area of conversation that ha- has nothing to do with uh, cancer, probably, but sexuality and. Um, I don't know. I I guess I would also say, for me, it it was easier to be with a man at that time than a woman. Mm. But purely physical, purely sexual. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've also been really, really lucky in that people I've been with just... But specifically at that time of your
1: breast cancer, you're saying it was easier for you to be with a man. Yes.
3: Because well, it was a man I knew, a man okay. I had been with before. Okay, so, so you were I, already intimate. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: you had a so a comfort zone with
3: somebody that you that's, were intimate. That's with. That's right. And okay. I, and I knew. I mean, he loved women. Yeah. I mean, as as right. friends as well. And right. I just felt like this was gonna be okay.
1: So he was safe. Maybe more than
3: yeah. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. Had I, I mean, really, and yeah. and if you're out there meeting somebody for for the first time or or about to approach bed, uh, it that. You know, I, I guess I'd have to write another play. As I was going to say, it's handy, it's handy to be a
1: playwright at those moments. <laughs> you, and you know, I, wanna, the,
3: right. I
2: wanted to bring on Sue Ann so we could talk about, um, you know, how integrating, you know, all of this together. Because I think the power of what you've chosen to do in terms of your creativity and channeling that personal energy and empowerment into a physical entity, a, a play, as as a method of catharsis and, and moving to a closure perhaps is exemplary of exactly what people need to do if if you're able to do that. I call it the art of survivorship, and I just think it's a really uh, palatable strategy that I encourage people to do. But I do want to bring on Sue Ann, um because she's just uberly fabulous. So let me let me cue up what what are we going to play for her? Yeah, we'll play this for Suanne. This is appropriate. Danger Zone. Yes. Your
1: other fondest for
2: 80s songs. This, this yeah. show's all about the 80s. Yeah. No, I like... All right. Returning champion Dr. Sue Ann Mark is a young adult survivor of breast cancer and a clinical sexologist in private practice in San Francisco. She is a board certified by the American College of Sexologists and lectures regularly for the UCSF Cancer Survivorship Program. Dr. Mark is the creator of Steps sexual transformation and empowerment program for survivors. Please welcome one of my favorite people, Dr. Sue Ann Mark. Hello, Sue
0: Hello.
2: Welcome back to the show.
4: Thank you. It's a pleasure Hi, to be here.
2: Hi. I know you've been listening diligently. We are going to run over, because we have a huge chat room and a major listenership tonight. Um, we've had you on the show before. You are actually, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not kissing your ass, you really are one of my favorite people. <laughs> and you know, you and, and someone like Sage Bolte, you do different things, but you do them so well. And someone like Sage who has been on the show. Uh, see, the, what I find more intriguing about you is that Sage can't put a sentence together without the word dildo. You you are able to do that, and that is a real honed skill, so I congratulate you. So tell us about your breast cancer story and uh, let, let the audience know why you are the returning champion tonight.
5: Well, first I have to work in the word lubricant. Uh, very good. Oh, very You've been good. listening. You've been listening. Yeah. All right, I listening. forgot
3: to say it.
5: We'll I'm enough. a big proponent of lubricant. Lube okay. is an excellent thing. Everyone needs to find a lube that they like and buy a case of it. <laughs> uh, but,
1: my but you're not a lube, spokesperson for any particular <laughs> lubricant. But you know what? No, no
5: you, you pick the one that you like and you buy a case of it. <laughs> okay. Um, So I was diagnosed uh, with stage 3 breast cancer, actually, two days before my 35th birthday. Congratulations. Happy birthday to me, yeah. Mm
3: -hmm.
5: Um, And, you know, I I went through the whole anti-cancer trifecta, as I like to call it, um, with chemo, uh, surgery, and radiation. And then got the bonus of the anti-hormonal treatment, so I was thrust into menopause at the uh, tender age of 35. Awesome. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, I, I figure I missed out on about 15 years of juicy hormones because estrogen is, is this wonderful juicy hormone for women, um, and I miss it. I miss yeah. it so much. I'm with you. But, yeah, but with that said, um, I, I do have a happy sex life, and um, it just requires being very adaptable. And, you know, whether you have cancer or not, you're going to have to adapt to your body because it's going to change.
3: Mm.
5: You know, at some point in everyone's life, um, your body isn't going to respond the way you want it to or the way it used to. um, And you have different needs. And you've got aches and pains and and scars and, and, and all of that. So figuring out how to work around that and create a sex life that is going to be fulfilling for you in the body that you're in right now. Is the secret, if you will, um, to being a happy
1: sexual person for the rest of your life? So, get, so, so, Anne talked about because your steps program, you've got a workshop, and you've got one coming up in March. Is that right? Yeah. Or a few. So, other than seriously, other than <laughs> other than the the lubricant, are there sort of some practical? What do you tell people? What's some sort of advice for folks for young adults who are out there listening now, whom are, might be thrown into early menopause? Are there other kind of? Um, what, what, what can you offer? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I've got my basic
5: ABCs of a okay. happy post-cancer sex life, and the first one is adapt, right? We have to learn how to adapt. We've got these brand new bodies, thanks to cancer, and we have to figure out how they work. And that starts with self-pleasure, um, because you've got to figure out how your body works on your own before you share it with another person, right. um, before you're going to feel comfortable sharing it with another person, because um, again, it may not work the way it used to. Um, so that's the A in my ABCs. My B is for broadening our definition of sex. If sex has to include intercourse, and, and that's the only thing that can be sex, then you're not very likely to have a very happy sex life in the long term. Um, but if sex can include intercourse and oral sex and massage and taking a bubble bath with your partner and lounging in the sun and having you know, chocolate cake, all of those sensual experiences, then you're much more likely to be happy. Right. Um, so taking a very broad definition of sex and, you know, de-emphasizing a bit orgasm, because that's usually the goal for everyone. And, and <clears throat> excuse me, don't get me wrong, I love orgasms. But um, there's so much more leading up to that in the sexual experience, and I, you know, I really encourage people to just enjoy the whole process, not just the end result.
1: So perhaps um, this, of oh, so I'm sorry to cut you off, because you, we didn't get to see... Yeah. Correct. Well, yeah.
0: C
5: is for communication, which is what we're doing now. It, you know, we have to practice talking about sex because we're not given a very good vocabulary to talk about sex. Um, we have a, a sleazy porn vocabulary, and then we have a very clinical, dry vocabulary. And neither of those work very well to communicating what are your needs, what are your desires, whether that's before you have sex or it's during sex. Um, you know, we have to constantly communicate our, our desires because it changes. You know, and we may not... Um, know at the time what's going to work for us. So again, we have to be very adaptable and say, "Well, okay, I don't feel like doing this tonight, but you know, maybe we can try that. And if that doesn't work, then we'll try this." And so there's a negotiation that has to go on between partners. And being comfortable just talking about sex um, is is the first step in that.
1: Let's get to. There's a couple of questions in the chat room, and you've touched on. Um, some of these actually both of you and susan miller feel free to jump in as well mm-hmm. susan you were 36 yes. the, at, when you were diagnosed yes. yeah so mm-hmm. one question is um how do you prepare yourself for no longer having an erogenous zone in your body especially if it is important to your own experience and i guess Sue and you you mainly answer that with broadening your definition of of sex is that how you would ina- respond to that yeah, and you know I really like it
5: this question comes up a lot, um, and I really like to point out just amazing research in people who have spinal cord injuries um, where they have no sensation, let's say, from the neck down. But maybe it feels really good to rub their cheek. Right, and so they can rub their cheek, and they can focus on that sensation, amplify that sensation, and they will report feelings akin to orgasm just by rubbing their cheek. So our bodies are incredibly adaptable, and we can rewire them to a certain extent. Um, it's going to take a little bit of work. Um, it, you know, it, there will be fits and starts, and you know, it, it works for a while, and then it changes, but. If we just, you know, as our underlying consciousness realize that we can adapt, I mean, we are creatures of adaptation, um, then we know that we're we're more capable than we might give ourselves credit for in the beginning. Sure.
3: I I would just add, um, personally, and because I I also felt the same about my 30s, I I got stuck in my 30s for a long, long time because I lost half of them, but, Mm -hmm. you know, part of it is what you were before as a sexual being, and... uh, Eventually, when I started to feel better um, from the chemo, not from having uh, had actually had breast cancer, um, then I became a sexual being again. But I think, uh, and so erogenous zones um, do exist. I mean, they're they're there. In, and I think the biggest thing for me was um, as soon as I felt the person that, you know, I saw desire, I felt desire. Right. I don't I mean it all came from someone else, but, you, you know, it does have to be there, even right. if you're completely uh, whole, so to speak.
1: We have another question, um, which I think you can also both address, which
3: is in relation to the –
1: uh, Susan Miller talking about actually showing your showing your um, scar in your play, but mm-hmm. in relation to the physical scarring on your body, what were the tools – oops, I just lost it here as so the chat room's <laughs> – let get back to, this. in relation to the physical scarring on your body, what were the tools that you used to help you mentally not feel self-conscious in an intimate situation? And the second part, when I pull it up again. And how can a partner ease the mind of the person with the physical scarring? So, Anne, do you want to take that first? Sure.
5: Um, you know, it's, it's a cliche, but, you know, I personally feel like scars are sort of proof that I've lived an interesting life. Right. Um, and I know for my process in, you know, really just coming to terms with the scarring in my body, uh, it happened during radiation because I was putting aloe on my on my breast, um, you know, like twelve times a day. And at first it was very, um, sort of utilitarian, like, oh, you know. I have this burn and I have to treat it with some aloe and blah, blah, blah. This is annoying. It takes up time. Um, but then slowly it became, uh, you know, with, with intention, it became a process of nurturing myself and really healing this wound and really getting to know my implant and um, feeling comfortable touching it and having it be moved in not a clinical way but in a more personal way. Um, okay. And that was one thing that, that really helped me, um, you know, just, kind of say okay here's the scar and also i plastered a giant tattoo over it so you really can't see it anymore but i love my tattoo
1: and so (laughs) what's your tattoo like
5: i have a phoenix so it's my Uh, triumph over cancer yeah um and so i think any personal i mean you you just have to figure out what works for you what's important to you where do you find inspiration um and and follow that and that's going to help you you know really just get accustomed to what your body looks like now
2: can i interject some testosterone here Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm no expert by any means, but I was impotent for two years after my cancer treatment when I was 21 years old, which yeah. is the sexual peak of, of malehood. Yeah. 18 and you know 18 to 22 or so, and um, I don't know if there's any more genteel way to phrase this, but I'm gonna say that it's a lot harder for guys than it is for women because we have a physical object that is attached to our body on the outside.
1: That noticeably. Yes, responds that, or doesn't. Yes,
2: that, that is integral. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely integral for the lock and key method, and it is. Lock and
0: key method. I was
2: gonna say turnkey, but yeah. at the same time, that's that's disgusting. How, Dr. Mark, Dr. Sue Ann, my love, my love, my dear, uh, what advice do you have for men that may or may not have partners who are simply incapable of becoming physically aroused? Because men are – my wife said it best, and I think she stole this from somewhere, but like um, men need sex to feel good, but women need to feel good to have sex.
5: That's very true. Thank you. And so you have a window into female sexuality through that experience Um, because for women, it's not this outward sign that says, oh, I'm aroused, right? Um, It's a much more internal process. And so – Anytime people are complaining of no libido, i I'd just like to point out that, you know, the biggest sex organ in your body is your brain. And if you can stimulate your mind with sexy thoughts or reading erotica or looking at porn or just thinking about fantasy, um, that sort of triggers this cascade in your body and, and gets your motor running. Now, you may not see the flagpole raise, right? Um, But that doesn't mean that you don't, um, doesn't mean that you can't benefit from physical touch and closeness and skin-to-skin contact on other areas of your body. And I think that all men should explore nipple stimulation. They should explore prostate massage if they still have one. They should explore anal massage. We have to explore our entire bodies. And I know that some of these areas are a little taboo, but... Um, you know, it's worth checking out because what if you have this wonderful source of sexual feelings that you're missing out on?
1: Maybe there's a whole nother, Susan. Can you get onto this? Maybe there's a whole nother set of um, scripted dramas to write of of of, of softcore porn. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I was going to say Penis. late night. <laughs> table. it would be of only only <laughs> cancer survivor and you can see all this um oh, as, think, as dr morgan as you've been discussing
3: i think like, you might be yeah. on something there yeah. um i yeah, was no going to say something uh, just because i want to say the word lubricant ah, okay thank you. and the yeah. only way i can <laughs> i can say <laughs> it is that um you know if you're lucky enough falling in love is a great lubricant <laughs> and if you you, you know If this is returned, obviously, I'm talking about two people falling in love. And so for me, um, someone falling in love with someone who is falling in love with me, you know how at first anyway everything about that person is pretty fascinating and and just to touch them, just to kiss them, just to look at them um, is pretty exciting. And so in that moment, I think the um, awareness of, let's say, my scar, because I did not have... um, um, uh, implants i didn't right, right. have reconstruction right. excuse me um that I found my partners at at those times um really into me and my accepting their touch their you know um, their gaze whatever um and I, and that 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 you know that i also found that age it defied age as well. You fall in love. Doesn't matter how old you are, um, or that your hormones are, are, you know, not to be found anywhere. Um, somehow, that, somehow, your body knows what it likes. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like ice cream. <laughs> yeah, my, <laughs> I crave that cookie dough, especially spread on your body.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. I have to leave now. <laughs>
1: We've done our job. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't
2: take much, I tell you.
1: But what? Can I also ask um, uh, Sue Ann, so what is the big, have we touched on, are there any other sort of big topics that you hear from folks who come to see you that you'd really like to address or let young adults out there know, and what do you kind of hear the most? Well, from the women, um,
5: it's loss of libido, it's fear of pain during sex, um, and, of course, a good lubricant can help with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got my two in, right? <laughs> oh, no, you're me. <laughs> <laughs> you win. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and for the guys, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm working with a lot of uh, prostate cancer survivors right now, and they're really grappling with their sense of masculinity. Um, in this whole thing, and you know, it, it can be very difficult to say, you know, what you you are more than your penis, right? Um, Women with when breast cancer. I have a T-shirt that, that says forever. that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you can make money with that, um, but but it, but it's true. I mean, you you are you're more than any one body part, right? Um, and sexually speaking, if we really give credit to all the erogenous zones that we have. Um, then you're going to have a much different outlook.
3: You know, I just want to add something here. It's not on that topic, but the person that I fell in love with and who I've been now with for 15 years, who I was able to just do my play for, a year after we were together, and she, of course, came to all of my performances and could stand in for me if she weren't shy of being on stage, a year after that, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Right, right. And it was like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was I was in total shock because it had happened to me a year into my relationship with Jane way back. Mm-hmm. And now everything that my partner at that time went through with me, I was going through. As the caregiver. As yeah. the caregiver. Right. And it was just revelatory and also a, a kind of a gift because, um, unfortunately, she had a less... Uh, you know she did not have to have a mastectomy, but she went through chemo and radiation, you know, and in that moment, I had to realize that our love affair, which was really really at the beginning, had to be put on hold in terms of in terms of physicality because she was sick from from chemo, right. but it was a gift to me to be able to uh and then to know you know one of the great things is to be able to ask people. For just to let people know you do need them one way or another, to absolutely be able to do that, and for me to be able to give to someone that way, was pretty great. Yeah.
2: I have a just something to bring up with Uh I was copied on an email that she received from our chairman, Dr. Leonard Sender, that you were invited to speak at our Las Vegas Young Adult Cancer Retreat in August. Congratulations.
5: I am so excited about
2: that. I don't think you can say I'm so excited enough <laughs> about that, that. That does it an injustice that we're so excited to go to Vegas in August for another national young adult conference that we're producing in conjunction with uh, Livestrong. Sin City. It Again, is,
1: going, I'm just trying to bring it back to tonight's topic. What happens in Vegas yeah.
2: is video documented on The Hangover. <laughs> But we have a few minutes left. Uh, We we can't run too late because the the show will actually kick us off the air. Little by itself, the robots will go, "Uh uh-oh, can't do this anymore. But just in terms of, um, for sake of the fact that you are a guest on the show, talk about Steps. What is this program you've created and how does it help?
5: So Steps is a four-week workshop that I've created Um, It's a step-by-step process that's going to open you up to all the possibilities of sexuality. It's going to enhance your senses, and it's going to allow you to rediscover pleasure after cancer. Um, We talk about my ABCs. We have lots of um, homework exercises that people get to do. There's a lot of sharing that goes on in the group. Um, But the most exciting thing about steps is that I uh, am going to start doing steps via distance, so we'll do it online, via email, phone, Skype, things like that. So That's awesome. So anyone, anywhere, is going to be able to take my Steps program.
3: Can I ask you a question? Yeah, so yes. So yeah, Do you find also, I'm thinking, that one of the impediments to having sex after cancer or during treatments and so on isn't just your body, but this fear, um, mm-hmm. fear that you're not going to survive, fear of death, fear that things are going to get worse do you think that's a factor absolutely
5: i mean we really have to look at what you know what emotional things are going on in our lives
3: Mm -hmm. are we stressed
5: are we anxious are we fearful are you know all of those things need to kind of be under control a little bit um in order to really be able to relax and let go in sexuality um so we have to absolutely pay attention to all of those emotional challenges that we go through
2: wow that's a good that's a good way to end the show it's um, a great way on the show. We've, Obviously, we've run this is like.
1: minutes over. No,
2: and it's worth every, every it second is. of it uh, for us to run over. Every time we do a sex show, we try to do one a quarter. Uh, They're always some of just our largest audience listeners. It's such an important conversation that not enough people are having.
1: Maybe we'll be back next week with a sex show.
2: <laughs> well, Jack's <laughs> going to be here. We're doomed. <laughs> We're just yeah. doomed.
1: Yeah.
2: I did forget to mention at yeah. the top of the show, it is National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month. And there are obviously women in the chat room tonight that have colon cancer, and I know a lot of young women that are colon cancer survivors. And clearly, this is a major type of cancer in, in the gynecological, gastrointestinal areas. That are, I mean, is it is it fair to say that cancers down there are present more significant challenges for the topic of this radio show?
5: Go on. You're asking me. Yes,
2: that was that was to God. <laughs> That was is that the a gibist. rhetorical
0: question.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's sort of rhetorical, but I I just think I that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I'm it's just everyone's story is different, everyone's diagnosis yeah. and experience is different, everyone's existing relationship with themselves or a partner is different when they're diagnosed. Uh I, I didn't really have a I, they, they, that question was asked completely rhetorically, but I just think that there's a relevancy to the fact that it is national colorectal cancer awareness month. Thank you Katie Couric. <laughs> What in any well, case, I,
5: I would add real quickly to that, I mean, absolutely any any surgery or any radiation that happens anywhere near your genitals is going to have a much more profound impact on your sexuality.
2: Wow, so. well, this has been a phenomenal show, and uh, Sue Ann, if I don't see you uh, before August, uh, I will see you in August. Excellent. I think that's a very logical statement to make.
3: That is logical. <laughs>
2: Thanks right. for having me. All right. Show. Really well, cool. uh,
1: thank you so much. Oh, it's yeah. fun. And in addition, you, when folks can, well, as always, check out everybody's links and series and shows and organizations on our website.
2: So uh, this is actually the first show where we've had two guests with the same initials.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> really That's remarkable. First. That is, that is outstanding. outstanding.
2: If you've learned anything on this show yeah. tonight, folks, <laughs> it is that as our first <laughs> broadcast, with two guests with the same initials, in three years of broadcasting, we have broken a record.
1: Fantastic.
2: All right, Susan Miller and Sue Ann Mark, thank you both for joining us on the show tonight. And their initials were S and M. S and and M. Oh. How utterly appropriate and yet not. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everybody. And now it's time for our uh, our closing sequence. Prepared to activate.
0: Uh, I hear there's rumors on the. Uh, internets. You ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray! I'm helping. You are a meathead.
2: Oh, Magoo!
0: (laughs) You've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer.
2: All right, folks, that's tonight's show. I hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at sex and stupid cancer.
0: I'd
2: like to thank our guests. Heather Swift, Susan Miller, Sue Ann Mark. Next week's show, Stupid Thyroid Cancer. John Filbert in our Survivor Spotlight, young adult survivor of lung and thyroid, regional ambassador for Eye Dallas-Fort Worth. Dr. Stephen I. Sherman, department chair of uh, endocrine neoplasia and hormone disorders at MD Anderson. And the lovely Carol Rosenthal, returning to the show after her hiatus as my co-chair and uh, co-host from 2009, back on the show next Monday. If you've missed any of our previous broadcasts, check out the archive at stupidcancershow.com or subscribe to our podcast at iTunes i2y.com. Remember, folks, if it's not stupid, it's not cancer. We'll see you back here all next week live from the chemo deck. Jack Bufard in Colorado, Lisa Bernhardt in studio, Amanda Freeman out of the hospital, Captain Stewie and I wish you all a great evening. Yeah. Go to bed, BB. Parker out. out. That was for you, Jack. You can smile on a friendly show.